everyone, and welcome to tonight's edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. I'm your co-host, Brian Bosarge, as always, my co-host, Shane P. Hallam. Shane, 77 days, 22 hours, 59 minutes, 35 seconds away from the 2022 NFL Draft. And Senior Bowl week is over and over. Uh, great job by you on all the content last week, Brian. Uh, you were awesome. And we had all those podcasts. You can go back and listen to all those, see what's happening Senior Bowl week. Uh, and now, you know, Combine Invites came out today. I had a seven-round mock come out Monday. So we're we're transitioning to the next step in the NFL draft process. That never ends. The next step, indeed. Uh well, you brought up the 2022 Senior Bowl, Shane. So let's uh, let's just quickly put a bow on it because we had, and when I say we had wall to wall coverage, Shane, we've been talking about this game, it seemingly for like two months now straight, but definitely over the last two weeks, it's been wall to wall here, Senior Bowl at Draft Countdown. Yeah, I mean, you you had you know in person practice reports. We did uh, the podcast, the stock up, stock down. We both had a recap of the game. So if you if you wanted anything Senior Bowl related, it's definitely at Draft Countdown for sure. And everybody, we adver- advise everybody to go back and read that stuff. Get caught up. Uh, I've been on the radio all around the southeast here the last week talking about it. I'm I'm a, quite frankly, I'm about Senior Bowled out. So. <laughs> It's time to to move on. And speaking of moving on, Shane, you did have that seven-round mock draft come out on Monday, and we thought, you know, hey, let's have somebody in here to cut it up to pieces, chop it up, shred it down. And you said, hey, I got a guy. And that guy is Andrew Harbaugh. He's from Blue Chip Scout, does – other stuff as well involving dynasty and Vikings content and all kind of good stuff. Andrew, uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Shane. And congrats, Brian, on your Bengals making the Super Bowl, buddy. Hey, <laughs> we are take- we are going to talk about that later for sure. <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming on, Andrew. Man, I appreciate it. I'm I'm excited for you to pick apart my seven round mock as many of my Twitter followers already have. Uh, so I'm excited to to hear your thoughts and we can kind of discuss now post-senior bowl what this what this looks like. Yeah, 100%. I'm, I'm pretty pumped. And like you said, Twitter followers never have opinions on <laughs> never. Just like Philadelphia Eagles fans are always happy and it's it, it's just tomato-tomato to them. <laughs> So, um, so let's let, let's start. Let's start with uh, with you know, give me maybe some uh, a player or two that you felt like I had too high in my mock, which out there you can find at Draft Countdown um, over on the right side of the page there. Um, so, who are some players that you felt like I had too high that you would have had lower down in the mock? And let's kind of dig into those players a little bit. I mean, and it's not even that he's too high. I think it's just. Yeah, you haven't seen it a lot. And I just had a mock draft last week where I had him eighth overall. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau. I, I mean, and it, the funny part was I had him eighth. And then the next day, Todd McShay talked about how those teams were having concerns. I really think he's just subtweeting my mock draft and seeing that as the source. <laughs> but at the end of the day, no, Thibodeau, it's one of those things where. Um, I remember with Miles Garrett, there was you get exhausted talking about the same player at the top, um, and that's no disrespect to Aiden Hutchinson, no disrespect to Iguanu, Evan Neal, um, 
and it's the only reason I have it where I would not have Thibodeau one is Doug Peterson's now the coach. I think they have when he was with the Eagles, it was offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. You had Jason Peters, Brandon Brooks, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson. Um, yeah, that was the main focus, and that was really the big thing that let Carson Wentz be an MVP candidate. Um, Mr. Richard Foles have his um Richard being the obviously the substitute for the latter nickname, as everyone loves. But uh Foles is able to win a Super Bowl behind that offensive line. I think that's where you really need to have the focus. Like I was watching NFL Network today. I, I did not even realize, like I paid attention to the league this year. Trevor Lawrence had 12 touchdowns. He had all these yards, but 12 touchdowns. And it's like, that just, that cannot happen. It cannot happen. Um, so that's the thing where I think, I think they can't mess this up. I say that as I've compared the Jaguars to awful things on Twitter. <laughs> and like Tony Khan tonight, he, he runs wrestling fantastic. All elite wrestling, the cons have that down pat. When it comes to football, over here, they've just been striking out. And I think Lawrence was a good pick. Peterson's a good hire. They just need to protect that whole trifecta. Um, that was one pick I would kind of focus on. Um, just kind of hovered over your top ten. I really don't have any issues with a whole lot. I loved the Giants getting um, Sauce Gardner because corner for them is something they've just – horrifically struck out on by the Eli Apple pick. They had the supplemental pick with uh, Browning, I believe it was the quarter that, or I can't remember who it was, came out of central Michigan late that one year. Um, Ojabo, I have no issue with. Um, I loved, we joke, I congratulated a Bengals fan. Shane, I know you're a Steelers fan. I'm a Browns fan. So we've got three-fourths of the AFC North here. <laughs> so um, I do love, though, and this was somebody I think you're too high on, too, on the mock was Trevor Penning. You gave him to the Ravens. So I think the three of us have no problem with that. But as far as I think it's some one of those things you talked about having just being senior bowled out before I joined on. I think I had a mock where I had Penning really high. And I, I sat back and thought about it. I think I actually had him to the Ravens, too. Um, it's just one of the things he could go that high. It, it's one of those things where, ironically, Colton Miller, when he was picked, I think he was the 14th pick the one year with the Raiders. Everyone was like, what the heck? And then looking back now, he's their keystone on that offensive line and just got that big extension, and he's deserving of it. So uh, I would just say at the top, those are a couple names. And then on the back end, um, there's a lot of value. I think you really capitalized on Travis Jones, um, with the bills I liked, but then nobody else. I really think you were too, too egregious with in round one. Well, let's, let's get into Thibodeau a little bit. Cause I think it is a good conversation piece, um, where, you know, uh, myself and Brian, I think you two have had him on top of your big board now from the beginning of the process. Um, and, uh, yeah, Andrew, I think you make a good point of maybe being kind of tired out. Um, obviously, you were first before Todd McShay uh, hitting that up. You know, it, it's I, I, I'm I'm having difficulty because I think you're right. Like, all right, if the focus is Trevor Lawrence, you want to build that offensive line. You want to make sure it's good for them. Um, but like, you know, this is also a they're bringing in a defensive coordinator that comes from the Todd Bowles scheme where if you have those multiple pass rushers coming from different directions, it can really 
that's really what the defense is built on, getting pressure quickly, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, have done the past two years. So, you know, I, th- I think edge rusher, even with Josh Allen, still should be a focus. Now, maybe that's Aiden Hutchinson, um, or, or maybe, you know, maybe they go for Evan Neal and Ike McQuanu. I-, I just think Kayvon Thibodeau, five-star athlete, he's the best pass rusher in the class. I, I don't think many people would argue that, um, you know, in terms of pure pass rush. And man, I mean, you're picking number one. I think you got to just take the best guy. Uh, and I, I think most teams end up doing that. And so that's why I still have them there. But yeah, I mean, I'm definitely open to uh, Neil Oriquanu going one. Uh, anything else, I'd probably be a little bit surprised. You know, Hutchinson, Thibodeau, I think those four kind of it. Brian, what do you, where are you leaning there? Do you think it's a bunch of hogwash, this uh, Thibodeau falling talk or what? I mean, if he doesn't go number one, it's because Jacksonville, I think, goes with an offensive tackle. If if if, if Jacksonville is, is picking anybody besides an offensive tackle, I think it's going to be Thibodeau. And do we really want to be in the same conversation with Todd McShay? I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> oh, go out, Brian. Just I mean, no, 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 no offense to the the leader of Scouts Inc. or anything, but. We don't we don't want to be talking Mitch Leidner or anything like that in the first round anymore and all that good stuff. But no, I, I love Thibodeau and I think it's like the with Miles Garrett a few years ago. Like I think Andrew was was touching on that. I mean, he liked to read or something, so all of a sudden he didn't love football enough. We, he's gotta go or he likes dinosaurs or something. He it's wrote poetry, he was he into loved, anime, it was cares. all of this stuff. And it's all the reasons I love him as a Browns fan. My my second son bears the name miles because of miles Garrett. So clearly I had no problem with it. Yeah. It's, 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 it's ridiculous. I mean, can he play the, the, it should boil down to, is he good on the football field? Yes or no. And Kayvon Thibodeau is good on the football field. Really good. And I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have any problem with it. Like I said, if Jacksonville, unless it's the offensive tackle and I'll probably have an offensive tackle at one to Jacksonville on my mock draft on Monday. I just, cause I think that's the, where they need to go. But uh, if, if that's the question, Thibodeau's going to, to Detroit. Yeah, and I, look, I'll probably be bullheaded for a while. Uh, I'm, you know, as we get to the end, maybe maybe I'll, I'll change it, try to get, you know, accurate there. I'll hit Penning real quick because I, I, Andrew, I think I agree with you. 14 feels high to me. Um, but I also think, like, if Jacksonville does go offensive tackle at one, you know, it's like who who is the who is the number four offensive tackle? I think there's so many yeah. teams that need offensive line too, um, and you know usually we see those guys maybe can fall a little bit, but usually in that top half of the first round, like you you mentioned with uh with the Raiders, um, and I, I just think after Penning, I don't think I had another offensive tackle in the first round. It, it's just tough for me to see another player who really is like, okay, this is an offensive tackle. That's a first round pick, um, a lot of interior guys. And so does that get him pushed up? I, you know, that, that's my question too, but makes sense. Yeah. And like, and the only one other one I see like in the top 50 discussion, like the tackle class is very top heavy. Um, and there's some good like gems later, like prospect, like projects you could have if you're a coach or a team. Um, Raymond from uh, what European country? Austria. Yeah. Yeah. Austria, yes. I always think Schwarzenegger with him. Um, <laughs> with Raymond, it's one of those things where, I mean, it's he could be something fantastic. It's, again, I'm loving that we're getting a little bit more of this NFL Europe influx without having the 
awful games where you have to watch Lawrence Phillips set records there as I just watched that documentary and it's fresh in my head um, with the Barcelona teams and stuff like that. But um, I mean, he's got the size, he's got the tools there. I would not have him in the first round, obviously. And that's what we're talking, but, but to count, like to add to your point after really all the ones that go in the top 10, it's a dark throw. I would say if you're, it's, it's going to be interesting to see who takes a chance knowing that he made that person may not be there like Penny. I don't think Penny would make it to Baltimore in the second. Um, I am now in control of the show. And, um, <laughs> but it's one of those things where it's, like I said, it could be Colton Miller. Um, it could be something worse that I can't think of off the top of my head. But again, the Colton Miller thing in fresh my mind, everyone murdered that pick. And it was one of the lone good picks. And, <laughs> one of the few. Yeah. Th- that Max Crosby is about all Mike Mayock can hang his hat on at this point. So, uh, well, let's, let's go the other way. Is there anyone that you felt like I had too low in the mock that you think you're, is going to get picked higher than I had them? I, I think just looking like, like I said, top 10, really nothing to really like harp on. Um, I loved uh, – Matt Corral to the Saints, I love. I don't know if he makes it to 18. This whole quarterback class, like none of them, tough. none of them should be in the first round. But it's one of those things where positional value is going to drive it where that it's going to happen. You know it's going to happen. Like I remember the first year I was like, you know what, I'm going to pay attention to the draft. I'm going to evaluate it. I even lied through my teeth to teachers for an independent study on it was called film study and i told him i was just going to be studying film did not tell him what film but i got away <laughs> with 45 minutes a day in school getting to watch the 2013 nfl draft class which is what this is getting compared to as far as you had ej Manuel in the first round that year and now he's an acc network analyst a great one but the star of that class ended up being mike lennon and i think he's the last one that's left in it but um to that point though i Corral, I don't know if he makes it to 18. Um, the receivers, though, are all over the place, and that's not even a knock on you. It's one of those things where I think Drake London's better than 19. I think Wilson's better than being 21st, and I think uh, Williams is better than 22. But again, all those teams in the front, I don't, you don't know what's going to happen. So, like, it's one of those things. I was listening to uh, the PFF stock exchange with Connor Rogers and Trevor Sikama. And they explained that the best after the whole bills chiefs battle was it's the NFL is in an arms race. Each team's their own little country at this point. And it's who can stock up the most weapons and who can stock up the best rushers and the best rotation of everything. And it's one of those things where like those later teams, like, I think the Chiefs are going to walk out and get somebody just obscene, like maybe a Chris Olave who falls to the end of the first, and it's going to be really tough to go with. But um, I think the only thing you potentially also another one you're too um, low on, I think Linderbaum makes it up a little bit higher, and I think too, again, just because of the positional value, uh, Sam Howell. Uh, I, uh, I think make some good discussion points there, and, uh, you know, nothing you said was – was hit me hard too hard um you know the yeah the quarterbacks are tough uh i you know i struggle with i'm mean, we're hearing kenny pickett top 10 talk today um 
perhaps like just seems absurd to me. Like you said, I, I you know, I grade them most of them out as first round picks for positional value. Um, but if you, you know, if you told me Malik Willis and Matt Corral and Kenny Pickett all went in the top 15, sure. You know, I, I could see it. I, I wouldn't argue that if you told me they all fell to the late first, I could see it too. I, I think that position's tough and it almost correlates with the receivers being difficult to place. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, and I definitely hear Brian's thoughts on the receivers too, because I really like this class. Like I do think Burks and London and Wilson and Williams and even Alave deserve to go higher in the first. Um, but I, you know, I wonder if t- how teams are going to take each of them has one of those flaws. Right. And I think the combine will work this out. Like, is Traylon Burks going to be great at everything or is he going to pull DK Metcalf and not have good agility? And now, you know, team that could push him down or, you know, do we see like insane workouts? Can Drake London even work out? What's the injury? Like, like I think there are question marks that will get answered in time to say, okay, this player's the top 15 or that maybe this player is at the, you know, the jets at 10 or something can make it there. I just don't think I am convinced that NFL teams will have them that high yet. And I think we'll, uh, I feel like receiver is one of those positions that the combine really helps work out and kind of confirm a lot of what we're seeing. Because um, I, th- I think that's a, always a tough thing with mock drafts. Like, I have my thoughts, right? right? And then when I make a mock, like my rankings, I can have my thoughts. But I make a mock draft, it's like, okay, I need to get out of my my head and evaluate but not over-evaluate to like, hey, I really like, you know, this guy who didn't get even get a combine invite. Like, okay, he's not getting drafted till round seven. You know, for these receivers too, like I like them a lot. I would be willing to consider them in the top half of the first, um, but maybe I'm just not quite there with the NFL. I don't know, Brian, am I, am I nuts? Should I be popping these receivers up? I, I don't think you're nuts. Uh, I mean, like you you kind of said it, and, and I have Williams, Jamison Williams and Drake London four and five in my wide receiver rankings because I don't know what the injury status is and will they even be able to work out between now and, and, and the draft itself. Um I like Olave a little bit better than Wilson, but you could tell me why I'm wrong on that, and I wouldn't fight you on it. I Burks is my wide receiver one right now based solely on what I think he's going to do at the combine. So I think he's going to run in between 4-3 and 4-4. I really do, at 225, 230 or whatever he's going to weigh. I think he's going to have a fast, super fast 40. I don't know what his agility is going to be. Um, If you told me that, David Bell or would would go ahead of one of those five in the first round because he had a super great combine. I wouldn't be surprised by that either. I just think this is really one of those things where until we get those combine numbers, the wide receivers are going to say clustered together and there's it's just going to be feast or famine here until then. And uh, all right, so let's hit on Tyler Linderbaum real quick. I, I want to get Brian's thoughts, and then Andrew, I want to kick it back to you on him too because I, I I struggle with this too. I've had him in mocks in the top ten. He's the first center to go in the top ten in fifty years. Uh, that's not going to happen, right? Uh, right? You know, the positional value. Not we just talked about positional value. <laughs> like, okay, you know, someone's taking the quarterback over a center. I mean, how many how many teams fans tweeted at me? The New York Jets are not passing on Tyler Linderbaum. The Philadelphia Eagles are not passing on Tyler Linderbaum. Like, as a Steelers fan, I have seen David DeCastro and Marquise Pouncey just fall right into our lap as a playoff team, right? Because teams just don't want to invest that high pick in Linderbaum. Is 29 too late 
absolutely. It's way too late for his talent, and he'll probably go before that. Um, but, man, I just – I don't know. And I think I do this with interior linemen almost every draft, all the way up to the final mock. I usually just plug them in where I can plug them in because I, I don't usually have no idea where they're going to go because it really takes a team to um, – to, to pop in and take them. And oftentimes those interior linemen don't get visits. They don't go to, to the NFL facilities, right? These teams are take, get, bringing in quarterbacks and receivers and DBs. They want to see what they can do. You bring Tyler Linderbaum into, you know, the, the Eagles facility. What, what, what are you going to ask him to do? Right? Like he's already done right. it all at the combine that you need to see. You can talk to him on zoom. You don't, you don't have to bring him in. So I, I think it's going to be a struggle all you know, all, um, all time. So Brian, let me go to you. And then I want to go back to Andrew. Like where, where do you think he actually ends up going, uh, you know, versus maybe how, how much we all like him. It feels like he ends up in the late teens, kind of like, what was it? Ryan Kelly did with the Colts a few years ago. That, that feels about like where you generally see these centers and guards go. Um, I don't know how far you go back, Andrew, but Chris Naoli was a top 10 pick for the Saints way back when. And even then, that felt like way too high for a guard. And now, you know, we've seen guards go in the top five. It hasn't really worked out when that has happened. But um, I, I don't know. I mean, like you said, I mean, it, it, it tends to happen towards the late back end of the first round when you get those playoff teams and maybe their biggest hole is in the interior you know, of the offensive line, like say the team that's hopefully will be picking 32nd could, you know, grab one of these guys that, that falls uh, to the bottom of the first round because they surely need help on the interior of the offensive line. All right, Andrew, what about you? Where, g- give me your prediction, Tyler Linderbaum. Yeah, I mean, and I, I, I need, anyone who follows me knows, I, I mainly focus on skill players for the most part. And I dabble in other positions as well, like the big names and stuff like that for the most part. Um, and anybody else who ever pops up, along the Twitter timeline, you want to look into it and everything like that. Um, I, 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 I don't hide it. I hate watching offensive line tape. I, I hate <laughs> it. I, I absolutely hate it. There are two times I've had fun watching offensive line tape, Quentin Nelson and Tyler Linderbaum. Those are the only two times I've had fun with that. So, I mean, like we said, Quentin Nelson going – super high a couple years ago. I think that's the only time it's really panned out because now you, and you talked about um, ironically, Ryan Kelly too, his teammate. I think like you said, that end of the teens, early twenties range, um, like Linderbaum to me, like he, he's somebody that I could see Belichick just picking and laughing to himself, knowing what he's going to do with him. Like he's going to, he's going to find ways to pull him and have him on different plays and, just make it work for that offense. I in my mock draft, I had him go to the Raiders, and I only had that as because there's no better John Madden pick than <laughs> Tyler Linderbaum. And if the spirit of John Madden is going to be with this draft, he's going to get them Tyler Linderbaum somehow. So, no, like we said, I mean, Linderbaum's probably talent-wise top five player in this class, I, I would argue. I would, But the problem is, like we said, positional value, like to the point where they don't even get into the building – until they're drafted. So, um, no, like that end of the teens, early 20s. I mean, if the if the Dolphins get him at 29, I think, again, another person that would just scheme the hell out of him, Mike McDaniel, um, he's going to ha- have Linderbaum pull, have Waddle be Debo Samuel, 
and Waddle's going to have a thousand yards rushing and a thousand yards receiving, all because of just the stupid scheming he's going to have with that. So, um, no, it's one of those things. I, there's so many fun fits for him, and it's and it's sad that it's going to be at the end of the first round because that means a good team's going to get him. So for us folks that are fans of teams drafting low, um, me and Shane, not Brian, because not everybody's teams in the Super Bowl here. Um, but it, it's going to be fun to see where he goes. And, it, and I think someone's going to get a fantastic value out of it. All right, Andrew, last question. Um, I, I, I want uh, what's the, give me one player, one landing spot that was your favorite in, in my mock that you would you'd be like, yes, this is this is it. I I wrote down I was a homer. I said Burks to Cleveland, but no. no, I will say I think my favorite one is, and this is just for. I I don't think Daniel Jones is good, but I think Daniel Jones deserves a shot with a good staff, good game plan. The staff that Brian Dable's built is is tremendous with the Giants. It's insane. Um, I think getting. Um, Iguanu there to protect him over there. And I think free agency is going to be big for them because a lot of their interior lines, all all their contracts are up. But Iguanu could give Daniel Jones a chance to quit having the fumble rooskies, unplanned fumble rooskies. This is not Nebraska doing anything like that. Um, it's I, I think that is a very good building block for what Dable is going to want to do with or without Daniel Jones but I think it's the first step to getting a true evaluation out of Daniel Jones. And that's something nobody's gotten to this point. I, I am a little bit excited. I know it's maybe passe, but that, you know, you get Josh Allen's offensive coordinator to now be there with Daniel Jones. And I, I love Ike McWanu, you know, when Brian and I started this back up and like week, I think it was week one. I watched NC state. We, you know, we were, I writing reports for every game and like Eki McWanu just dominated. I was like, who is this? No idea. So it's so much. I mean, cause he, he just likes to punish yeah. all the time. He, he's similar to Becton where like, I've seen a lot of people mock him because Iguanu's played left and right tackle. And a lot of people have been mocking him. I've seen to the jets. And I think that is just incredibly unfair to, <laughs> if you're a defensive lineman to have to pick, okay, well, which side do you want? today do you want the six foot eight guy who could push a ford f-250 by himself or do you want iguana who just plays like you stole his mom's purse and then just ran off with it like you get to pick who do you who do you want and nobody's gonna want that so it's he's another one like i said honorable mention for fun film for offensive line iguana <laughs> gets thrown in there awesome Cool. Well, Andrew, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate you taking the time and and hopping in. Do you want to tell tell everyone where they can find you and what uh, what you're doing? Yeah, yeah. No, I uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mandrew NFL. I think that is the handle that is going to stick. Uh, now I've had a couple midlife crises switching everything around and that, but um, excited. We've got a lot of good things going at Blue Chip Scouting. Um, this draft cycle, we're kind of picking up steam. This this summer, we're really going to pick up with our scouting department. I'm going to get a little bit more juice into there and everything like that. Um, and then I'm also writing a lot for Dynasty Nerds. I'm doing more of like what you're doing with Draft Countdown, doing a more actual like NFL approach and then the fantasy impact from there. Um, I actually have a profile on uh, Draft Darling right now, Christian Watson dropping tomorrow on there. So. Um, he's another one that if I can just plug one more time, I, Christian Watson to me, 
Dwayne Eskridge was getting the same hype last year after the Mobile. Um, Watson, for me, with that 6'5", 200-plus pound frame, I think he's going to run in the four threes. And he might even throw, run in the four twos. And I think at that point, draft winner is going to explode. So that is my last I'll, – I'll end with a prediction there that he <laughs> potentially runs low four threes with that frame and goes from there. Like it. When you talk Christian Watson, I get excited. So I everyone can't, does. Can't go and too far. I mean, Whew. yeah, baby. So thanks, man. You're, you're awesome. He's great. Follow, follow, uh, Andrew NFL on Twitter. He's awesome, awesome follows. So uh, I'm there. Hey, hey, thanks, Shannon. Brian, good luck Sunday. I, I'm genuinely pulling for your Bengals, buddy. We appreciate it, Andrew. And uh, thanks for coming on, man. Hey, thank you. That was Andrew Harbaugh from Blue Chip Scout. Shane, uh, he wasn't too harsh. Look, I, I was I was ready to take it if uh, if he wanted to be, you know, I I handpicked him to come on because I knew he wouldn't uh, he wouldn't take it out on me too too hard. So I had to didn't want to get didn't want get too bad of a critic, but he's he's yeah. a super guy, super knowledgeable, great mock drafts. So we're worth uh, checking out. I had one question, and I meant to ask him while Andrew was on, but I, I, we'll, we'll get it done. All right, real yeah. Quick. Um, <laughs> You mentioned prospect fatigue. Is that kind of where we are with Derek Stingley, or is there legit issues here? Because he was like a top five guy, and now we're seeing him kind of drop out um, a little bit. I, I think that's a good question, too. Um, maybe. I think it definitely could be. I think if he comes into the combine and he should do really well, that's kind of his thing, then we'll, we'll be. I think we'll be right back on that train. So I, I think it's a little prospect fatigue. Um, and, and I think it's just because the last two years, he I, and I wrote this in, in the mock, like he, he really didn't play that well. He was hurt. Uh, this past year's banged up. Two years ago, I don't think he played like a top 10 pick. Um, so I think it's been a while since we've seen that film. And um, I think it'll take just a, a smash combine. Like I still think he's a top half of the first round guy no matter what. But, um, yeah, I mean, I have Sauce Gardner going seven, and I have Derek Stingley going 15 as the corner two. I, I think that's a possibility um, depending on how, how it goes in March. All right. I, I was just generally genu- genuinely curious because I'm going to have Sauce Gardner as my number one corner uh, when my big board comes out on Friday. And a uh, quick plug for that, Shane, uh, yours – you were you were only going to go two fifty, but I think I uh, I think I go to GN to go at three hundred there, Shane. You well, you did, and then I also realized uh, when I made my big board, I did not include any defensive linemen. <laughs> uh, I forgot to put the D line in there, so I was like, well, we're going to start over, and then yeah, I'm I'm going to be well over uh, three hundred, uh, especially with the combine list coming out. And I caught up on some of those guys. I'm like, okay, well, you know, we got to plug a couple guys in I didn't have up there, so yeah, it, it'll be. It'll be expansive for both of us. Yeah, mine's going above 300 as well. well I, actually, I'll probably just cap mine at 300 because I, I hate not having even numbers. <laughs> it's, it's a little OCD, I guess. But, nah, that's all right. You know, uh, so we've talked a lot about the combine and how important that is, and that is the next big thing on the draft calendar. Uh, the official on-field workout portion of it starts on March the 3rd which is a little over, what, three weeks away? Yeah. So not long from now. It's uh, back in Indy this year, maybe for the last time, which is crazy to think of. But it very well could be uh, 
the NFL loves their money. So bringing the show on the road uh, seems like it's inevitable at this point. But uh, March 3rd uh, at the Lucas Oil Stadium there in Indy Combine. And they released the uh, 324 names, I believe it was, uh, of players who will be invited to the Combine. Probably only 260 players get drafted every year, so not every player at the Combine is going to be drafted. Uh, but, Shane, you, you were asking the uh, Debbie Marketplace Discord today, if you don't get a combat invite, is that pretty much a death sentence? And your response was? My response was pretty much. Like, yes. Like, day two, you're not going to get going day two. It's gone. Uh, that dream has sailed. Day three, uh, maybe less than 10 are going in the fourth and fifth round. Uh, so you're hoping for sixth or seventh round draft capital at that point. If you're not on the list, you're, you know, it, it's a pretty long shot to get drafted. You know, as a Steeler fan, I remember Kevin Dotson, they drafted in the fourth round was the first non-combine guy two years ago. So like, like you're not going to round three. Um, and, and how they decide is that there's a, there's a committee. Each team sends one of their uh, executives, then the director of Blesso, the director of national, the two NFL scouting services are there and they take basically a secret ballot. You write down who you want to go. And if enough, if the guy gets enough votes, he's invited. So, you know, it's not, maybe there are teams that like some of these players that weren't invited more um, and could draft them, but now they know they don't need to draft them in round three. If there isn't any other teams that really wanted to see them at the combine. So it's, um, it's an interesting process, but that's, that's kind of why the combine really does matter to get that invite. Um, we've got the full list up at draftcountdown.com. You can go there and check that out. All 324 names broken down by position uh, or position of how we have them listed uh, in our system. Um, but uh, a couple of snubs were at a couple of senior bowl snubs and, you know, some shrine game guys didn't get the invite. And I, I had a thought on this today, you know, with, the league calendar getting pushed back a little bit in the senior bowl, basically concluding four days before the invitations were announced. Someone like say Sterling Weatherford, who by all intents and purposes had a pretty great week here in mobile, uh, doesn't get a invite to the combine. Whereas maybe in years past, you know, they had, they saved some of these invites for some of these all-star game uh, heroics, so to speak. I, I do think, yeah, I do think it, it had an effect on that. Um, you're right. Sterling Weatherford, Ellis Brooks from Penn State, another guy that had a, a pretty good week that did not get a combine invite. And, you know, I think that has to sting when maybe for the senior bowl a little bit too, when they have guys that didn't get invited, um, but you have some players that had lesser all-star games get invited. Um, but, you know, almost all the senior bowl roster will be there. Correct. Uh, we'll go through quickly and, and talk about some of the snubs real quick. Quarterback, I think we were mostly okay with uh, everybody there. Um, the only player, like if I was to take one out, it'd probably be Skylar Thompson from Kansas yeah. State and maybe put in an Aquil Glass from Alabama A&M. Um, it's probably my biggest one left out. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I think I think Glass deserved a, a shot, but yeah, Skylar Thompson's definitely my lowest rated. Maybe Derek King, but you know he he's going to get in to maybe try out other positions too. 
Um, running back, I can't really fight him on anything here. My lowest, my highest running back that didn't get an invite was RB currently RB twenty seven on my list, and that's Stephen Carr from Indiana. Um, and that, yeah, like I said, I, I, I'm not going to fight any of this. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Mateo Durant, the running back from Duke, did not get invited. Um, and then. I always think it's interesting when we have these guys that declared underclassmen, Ricky person from NC state. Um, there's a couple snubs that were underclassmen that declared like that. That's talk about a death sentence. I mean, that is, that is pretty bad. So um, he did not get invited either. Yep. That is what you call a mistake. <laughs> um, wide receiver. Now there were a few names here that, we're missing that I'm a little upset with. Uh, starting with Jakari Roberson from Wake Forest. I think he, uh, Emeka Amizi from NC State. Uh, Jareth Stearns, Western Kentucky. Samori, Samori Toure from Nebraska. Tay Martin, Oklahoma State. These are guys that probably should have been invited to the combine. These are, these are really good wide receivers. All four of those can, I think are draftable prospects. Yeah. It's just such a deep class. Like Tay Martin had a great bowl game against Notre Dame, had a great all-star game. I think he was at the shrine. Um, I, I was kind of surprised that they passed him up. Um, I also think some of the small school guys like Derek Young from Lenore Ryan and Tanner Connor from Idaho state are like, uh, both were on the, the freak list. I believe Bruce Feldman's freak list before the season. Like these are guys that, that could have blown up the combine. Uh, I know that's not taken into account, but sometimes I feel like, man, like if, if you have a smaller school guy that's on the borderline, that is really athletic. Like it would have been nice to see. So yeah, I think receiver is probably one of the deeper groups that I'm like, man, I would have liked to see all the players that you named and, and even some small school guys. I mean, there were a couple Oregon receivers. that got the invite that I'm, not so sure about Johnny Johnson third, uh, Devin Williams. Could have yeah. seen some of these other guys. Yeah. Uh, tight end, only maybe two notable names, I think, that, you know, we're really argue for. Derek Deese, San Jose State, and Lucas Kroll, Pitt, I think are a couple of probably the, the top two snubs there from the tight end position. Yeah, I mean, I – I, I guess I was I was too high on Kroll. He was a guy, man. I really liked. Maybe it, maybe it's being here in Pittsburgh, but I really liked him. Um, Dees was surprising. He was probably the most surprising. And uh, the elite Nick Muse from South Carolina um, did, didn't get it either. Yeah. <laughs> Brian knew that wasn't happening, so he, he knew yeah, that was he not going to happen. <laughs> if if Brian is not hyping you up as a Gamecock prospect. <laughs> Let's just say maybe there's some issues. Yeah. No, with Nick Muse, I mean, he's a great person, probably a great – he's a great teammate. The injuries and everything that Nick Muse, no, sorry. Mm. Uh, offensive tackle, not a whole lot to argue about here either. Um, Tyler Vrabel maybe from Boston College who – you noted you weren't even aware was in this draft <laughs> yeah, class. Even have I don't know how I missed him on the underclass list. He wasn't even uh, maybe Ryan Vandemark from UConn. If you want to pick nits here, you know we probably could have left off Rashid Walker from Penn State, but you know maybe that's maybe that's just well, us. 
<laughs> look, 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 he's coming back, baby, you know, after I uh, had him in the first round before mm-hmm. the season. But uh, I, and I like AJR Curry from Michigan State, another all-star game standout who uh, yeah, probably had a great week at the Hula Bowl. Right. Could, you know, and obviously the Hula Bowl, not quite enough of a bump to uh, to get him up there. Um, guard Josh Seals, Oklahoma State, maybe about the only uh, thing of note, unless you're higher on somebody here than I'm not. No, I think that's that was fair. Uh, only what? Let's see. We got eight centers. Yeah, brought in, and the top five are here: Jack Wallabaugh, Not whatever. I'm. He's probably not getting drafted. Probably shouldn't be here. No. So, whatever on that uh, tells me I need to go back and watch some Cam Jurgens. I guess. Uh, was yeah. the lowest center. I need to maybe need to get on that. Edge rushers. Uh again, I mean it's hard to, you know, really find any fault here. I mean, I have to get down to my edge 22, and that's Zach Van Valkenberg. I'm not really gonna I'm not gonna go, I'm not gonna 30s box anybody over Zach Van Valkenberg not getting a combine invite or Scott Patchen. Yeah, I mean that's that's fine. I like um, Aaron Mosby from Fresno State, who actually replied to our tweet uh, about him. Um, <laughs> so stock down. I guess you reply. Moving. You're searching Twitter for your name. Stock down. <laughs> stock down. No, but uh, you know, yeah, I, I think um, I think edge wise, they invited a lot of edge prospects. So I don't think you're missing anyone there. One that they did add that I had to go back and re-add because I thought he went back to school because he didn't play this year because of injury. Christopher Allen from Alabama was on the combine invite list, so I had to go back and re-add him to my edge list. And now I've got to go back and watch 2020 game tape. Yeah, I, I actually I watched a little bit today. Uh, I went back to watch a little bit, and yeah, he's he's still not making my top 20 here. Well, all right, <laughs> but you know that's me. Interior defensive line, I only have maybe a couple. I can actually argue a couple of beefs here, and and one is a player we probably should have at edge, and I think we'll end up moving him in the process as Ali Fayad yeah. from uh, Western Michigan. Uh, he was he's good enough to be to get a combine invite. I think Kier Thomas from Florida State is as well. I think he's going to he's going to be he's going to make a roster next year in the NFL as a as a uh, third down pass rush from the inside. I think and David Anini from Houston is another guy could have very well seen at the combine, but it's not going to be. Yeah, that, yeah, that that's that's. Uh, I think all those are fair. Um, Fiat I was surprised about. Um, after that, I don't know. There's not too. Demetrius Taylor from App State, Jordan Williams, Virginia Tech. I think both maybe had an outside shot, but once again, they invited a solid amount of defensive linemen. I mean, this front seven class, they invited a lot of guys. So uh, you know, if you didn't make it, you probably weren't close to getting drafted anyway. One that I'll definitely have to do some work on is Kalia Davis from UCF. Haven't watched him yet. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, I watched some UCF and some Idaho, Noah Ellis, too. I had to go back and watch today. So, um, yeah, still, you know, they're, I don't know. I, I, I didn't come away super impressed, but I have to watch more as well. Uh, linebacker, and you mentioned Ellis Brooks already as one who didn't get an invite uh, from Penn State. 
I guess my top guy here is Merlin Robertson, Arizona State. No invite unless he went back to school and I missed it. Um, I think he did. I think he did go back to school, yeah. Okay. I'm well, pretty sure. Cross him off the So there you go. He didn't get the quote major, the quote major <laughs> league there. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you a guy, my, Malcolm Rodriguez. This guy, you watch him play. Super fun to watch. Super fun to watch. Uh, he got a combine invite. Yeah. So uh, good for him. But no, no real snub. Now that I know Merlin Robertson's not in this draft class, uh, no real, no real snubs there. Corner. My only beef is with my one of my guys, uh, Nickel from Boise, Kakala Kaniho. Love him, but no comment invite for him. Uh, the death of seven banks continues. No combine invite for him. And yeah, that's about it. Uh, Jaquan McMillan, who we made fun of when he declared for the draft, also got no combine invite. Yeah. Not good um, for the 5'10", 161-pound uh, underclassman corner. No, no. I, I guess we were we were accurate in that, um, uh, that piece. Uh, looks like Seven Banks is not in this draft class anymore. Uh, he's transferring. He's going back. So, you know, this – look, like I have guys on my – I probably still have guys on my list. I actually had uh, a good friend Roy – DM me today, be like, hey, you got two guys on your list that are going back to school. Like, uh, you know, uh, because th- this year's just that crazy. Um, so, like, Allie Green from Missouri's one. Maybe he's going back to school because I, I don't know. I've, I haven't heard a darn thing about him since, you know, uh, and I thought he exhausted his eligibility. So, there's a couple, but um, I was a little surprised Gregory Jr. He was originally on the Hula Bowl roster. I don't know if he played. I'll reach out to somebody and find out about that. Yeah, yeah. Let me. I mean, I mean, and and look, I I, I watched the Hula Bowl game, um, but I, you know, I didn't catch him. Maybe I missed it. Um, but Gregory Jr. from Wichita Baptist was at the Senior Bowl. Didn't have a good Senior Bowl week. Pretty bad. But I thought you know that would mean a, a combine invite because he was early enough in the invite list. But uh, that didn't happen either. He also uh, was at the NFLPA game and then went to the Senior Bowl. He was better at the NFLPA game, I'll, but you know, right. class of players much better. It, he didn't have to cover Christian Watson in one on ones at the NFLPA bowl. No one close to that at the NFLPA. No uh, safety group. Okay, here's another name that is he in this class? Is he not Isaiah Polamau, Southern Cal, in or out? Oh, I. I think I think he's out. I don't have him on my list anymore, but I will we'll have to we'll have to double check that one. Like uh, I'm going to color code that as we speak. Yeah. Uh, one player I do know that's in this draft class that did not get a combine invite, and with sad trombone music, pour one out for deep fried draft favorite Jalen Foster. Mm. Not not great, Shane. Not great. Yeah. Yeah. Tough. Good. Good season, but. That's 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 gotta hurt uh, ultimately. A little bit, a little bit. Uh, Sterling Weatherford, we talked about earlier. Uh, we feel should have gotten one, but uh, other than that, uh, not no real, uh, no real big missteps here from guys that you know I think are gonna wow or anything at the combine. Yeah, I mean, I mean, great guys worth from Iowa State. Um, 
D'Anthony Bell from West Florida I like, but no no one that really struck me as so oh, this is this is uh this is huge. Now the specialists, I think you got a little bit of validation from this. Well, I think you're you're upset at one, but I also think you got validation on another uh snub here. Do you know who yes. I'm talking about? Yeah. I do know who you're talking all right, about. All right. <laughs> Just making sure. No Andrew Mevis, the senior <laughs> ball kicker, who missed a 24-yard field goal during the senior bowl game and missed two 30-yard field goals in practice in a covered facility out of the elements and missed two 32-yard field goals right in front of me. Saw it with my own eyes. No Andrew Mevis at the combine. Nope, nope. Uh, you know, and we have some non a non-senior bowl kicker in there in Gabe Burkick, who we talked about last week from Oklahoma. So um, you know, Gabe Burkick, though, was not at any all-star game. Right, so, so so maybe maybe there was some eligibility. He may not have been eligible for a game. Mm, uh with the same with Matt Ariza, punt god, who is uh, who is at the uh combine, along with Gabe Burkick. Uh Cade York, you told me is is your place kicker one. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming here, without looking, Gabe Burkick is two. Yes. Yeah. And uh, you want to guess three? Is it Parker White? <laughs> it is Cameron Dicker. Dicker the kicker. It should be Parker White. Uh, well, Parker White did not get a combine invite, my friend. So yeah, Cameron Dicker maybe shouldn't have got it. <laughs> I've seen Parker White hit a fire drill field goal at the end of a half in a game, unlike Cameron Dicker, who uh, watched him play one game and he missed one at the Senior Bowl. Look, I think I think you need I think you need to get your specialist rankings. Up. It's coming. See, it's coming. Good, good, good. I'm excited. I don't know if it's coming this week, but it's <laughs> but it's coming. But yes, uh, spoiler alert for anybody who's not paying attention through no reasoning at all. When I do put out my special teams rankings, Parker White will be place kicker one. You know, he the NFL mock draft database, he's going to be flying up boards over here. He's going to get drafted on the fan speak simulator. Sorry, Diddy. Three. Sorry, Diddy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that's it for the combine stuff. We went way too long with that. Uh, that, was that was fun. That was fun. Shane uh, – Super Bowl coming up this Sunday. Not that anybody would know this or not, that the Cincinnati Bengals are playing in the Super Bowl for the first time since 1988. Shane, how old were you in the 1980, in 1980, January 1989? January 1989, I was two years old. I was a nine-year-old Bengals fan watching on a school night, staying up late, watching Joe Montana just screw me over as a young Bengals fan. And I have not seen the Bengals in the Super Bowl since then. I'd only seen the Bengals play in two more playoff games since then. I was 11 before this season when I saw them in that particular streak in person in Cincinnati. But, uh, Shane, the Super Bowl brings about all the stupidest bets that you can possibly bet money on. It's hilarious. I love it. We're gonna do some serious prop bets in a couple of the uh, the goofy ones here. Let's 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 make some people some money. Yeah, no, I, I'm gonna come out with an article on Sunday uh, with my uh, picks for these among other um, prop bets. So we'll uh, we'll we'll hit them up a little bit. Um, but let, let's let's start with your Bengals on a player that intrigues me, and that is wide receiver T Higgins. 
His over-under for yardage is at 68 and a half, um, about, about even money on both sides. Uh, the, the overs minus 115, the unders about uh, minus 110. What's your pick, Brent? Over or under 68 and a half receiving yards for T. Higgins from Clemson? I am going to go under Ooh, 68 and a half because, and I'll give you my reasoning here. The Rams seem to be the kind of team, or in particular, Jalen Ramsey, they seem to be the kind of team where their ego is enough that they're going to let Jalen Ramsey shadow and cover Jamar Chase one-on-one. No safety help. Joe Burrow is going to see that. Joe Burrow is going to throw the ball to Jamar Chase. Now, while that's happening, you know, you're, 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 you're safety helping over the top on T. Higgins. So I think Tyler Boyd is the receiver that has is number Tyler Boyd number two in receiving yards for the Bengals during the Super Bowl. Well, I, I think I think T. Higgins is going to be wide receiver one in receiving yards Ooh. for the Cincinnati Bengals. So you're going uh, over sixty. I'm going and a half. over sixty eight and a half. I, I think and I think he doesn't two or three passes. Um, because look, and I think what you said is true, but I do think they're going to have a little bit of safety help. For Jamar Chase, even with Ramsey on him, uh, I think early in the game they're going to say let's let's play it a little safe and take him away. And I think Higgins could hit this in the first half. I think he could hit this number, and maybe they adjust that game plan and then start doing what you said. Uh, I do like Tyler Boyd calls as well. I don't know what his over under is. I wouldn't mind betting that over uh, there. Um, Cam Akers, let's, let's let's talk rushing. I, I really want to get your opinion on this one. Um, his rushing attempts. Over-under is 16 and a half. The under is minus 120. The over at minus 110 last I saw. 16 and a half attempts for Cam Akers coming off the Achilles injury, but it's looked good, uh, at least healthy in these playoff games. Um, Over-under for Cam Akers rush attempts. I My heart wants to say under because I think they're going to try to pass the ball a lot more. Or the, or in hopefully I'm hoping they're just they're down so much that they have to just abandon all hope of the run game. I I'm I'm not very positive at this just because I it's hard to say with any of the other teams that they played in the playoffs where they had the strategy of just run run run. I don't even other than Tennessee, and I don't even remember if Derrick Henry had over 16 and a half carries. Maybe he did. I think he he was right around there. I think. Yeah. So uh, I'm gonna say yeah. I'm gonna say under. Maybe Sonny Michelle gets more carries than we think he's going to, and we'll go under. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think I'm gonna go under as well. Um, for you know, I think Sonny Michelle can get some work. And and correct me if I'm feel free to to yell at me, but I feel like the Bengals often kind of bait you into throwing, right? Like I think they they play that box really well to um, try to get you to throw, to make that big interception, give you a little bit of a cushion, tighten up in the red zone. That's something they've done really well uh, to to get the pass rush going. Uh, so it almost feels like, I feel like Sean McVay will, will yank off that run fairly quickly to me. So, Yeah, and you also have to feel like he's going to feel responsible to keep some of those receiver egos going too with Beckham and Cup. And, and you know, feed 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 the feed the habit, so to speak, with with those guys. 
Bengals are getting some defensive line reinforcements this week too. I saw Cam Sample was a full go at practice today. Oh, nice. Solid, solid uh, rookie there. He can inside, outside uh, guy. So, I've, so some some reinforcements there. All right, let's let's go to some some wacky ones. My favorite every year is uh, and and I'll, I'll tease for Sunday. I do have a couple Rams. Uh, I have a Rams receiver uh, prop bet as well, and some general game ones. But national anthem. Um, you know, every single Super Bowl, I put a decent amount of money uh, on the over for the national anthem. This year, it is set at 95 seconds, so a little bit over uh, a minute and a half. Um, Mickey Guyton will be uh, a country artist that I don't know much about. Will be singing the national anthem, uh, and I'm betting the over. I don't really care who's singing it. I don't care if it's you know, uh, a five-year-old singing it. Like I'm betting the over. This is your chance as a singer on a national stage. You you are gonna take as much time as you want singing that thing and holding those notes. Um, 95 seconds. I'll have the stopwatch out. I'm going over every year. If I lose, I think the past three it's gone over. Uh, if I lose, I've I've already made enough money on the over national anthem bets. Last me lifetime. So. Okay, first of all, I must ask, when do they start the clock? Is it when the first, oh, as soon as they start singing? Okay. So, yes, I'm with you. It's going to go over. It always goes over. Uh, I was told it was the last six have gone over. Oh, there you go. So, wow. Wow. Uh, hammer the over is what I was told. Yeah, minus uh, 120. Early, earlier this week. I found it at minus 120, which is pretty good juice for, for that over. So, um, Let's go Gatorade color. That that's uh, that's always my favorite. This is easy. Um, what 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 what's what's your answer without without even odds uh, of you know, don't even need to know. Okay, orange Gator orange Gatorade bath. Orange Gatorade bath. Yeah. Now is this do you is this only, only based on the Bengals winning? Only based on the Bengals winning. Okay. Um, we now we've seen orange, orange opened up at uh plus 210. Uh, it's down to plus 130 right now, so heavy money coming in on orange. Um, I'm I think I'm with you though. The hard I, think been, I, think, no. I think it's been orange the last two Super Bowls. Um, and the blue kind of intrigues me though. I mean, blue is up to plus 600, so six to one. Little bit, but I think I think blue is just you know just just too too vibrant. I think orange, if you can get plus two hundred or better, I take it. I'm with Brian. Yeah, give me the orange. All right, last one might be my favorite this year. Which artist will perform first during the halftime show? And these these odds have been all over the map. This is what I'm seeing right now. This could be drastically different different books. Dr. Dre is plus 150. Mary J. Blige plus 200. Snoop Dogg plus 375. Kendrick Lamar plus 750. And Eminem uh, is up to plus 900. I'm going to tell you what. I might throw a little money on that plus 900 for Eminem. What? Before. Hey. We all know that they're going to go into all the California artists later with Dre and Snoop and whatever. I think you open with Eminem. You go Ooh. strong. 
Go strong. Like I, I don't want to talk race too much on this this podcast ever, but I I don't think you can open a rap halftime show with the only white rapper in the halftime show. <laughs> I've got to be honest with you. I don't think I'll fly. There's also a, a what will be the first song played, and California Love is the favorite at plus two hundred for the first song played. I'm actually thinking throw a little money on Snoop. Like Snoop's probably the biggest name for like those older people. Younger people still know him. Um, like I, I don't think Kendrick Lamar brings it. I, I almost have like they could bring him out. You know, ju- I could see. I think he's the guy. He's the artist that you you, you just you know comes up in the elevator or something. It's like ah, oh, it's Snoop Dogg, right? And, and and boom, kicks it off. Um, so that's where I'm going with my. Article. If we're opening with California Love, I demand they bring back the Tupac hologram from from Coachella. <laughs> bring it back. Dude, you got to find some odds on that. That's got to be a hundred to one. Got to be, got to be. Tupac hologram. So, um, I, I'm stuff. excited. I'm excited for this halftime. I think this halftime show is going to be awesome. So, I I can't wait. Um, it'll be better than the Rolling Stones at the very least. So that's it. That, that's it. Well, I'll save the rest. I have a couple more, um, couple more for the article. If you want to check that out on Sunday morning. All right, Shane. The most important thing. For here, final Super Bowl prediction: Who wins? What's the score? I'm going to let you go first because I can't make you sad. In I can't I can't be sad in the show. All right, uh, look, I, I'm going to be rooting for the Bengals. I love Joe Burrow. He's one of my top five best. So is Matthew Stafford. Both of them, uh, all time NFL draft. I started doing this 2004. Two of my top five ever uh, ranked prospects uh, in terms of quarterback grades highest graded quarterbacks I've ever graded. So I love them both. I'm rooting for Joe Burrow and the Bengals. I think the Rams win though. I think it's going to be 30 to 27 close game. I think it's going to be good. Uh, I, I I do think Aaron Donald and Von Miller are going to have good games. Um, I, and I think Joe Burrow can fight in there and stick in there. Um, but uh, I, I am worried about coaching. Um, I think, Sean McVay does have a slight edge on Zach Taylor, and I think that could be the difference. Bengals are – game is tied 24-24. We're in the fourth quarter. We're past the two-minute warning. Bengals are driving. Inside the red zone, Aaron Donald sacks Joe Burrow, makes it a longer field goal. But Evan McPherson's money goes up 27-24. Call it a minute and a half left. Bengals lead. Stafford, Rams get the ball back, driving down. Stafford gives us one of those Matthew Stafford interceptions that we know he's going to throw at some point in this football game. Jesse Bates seals the game with an interception on his way to getting lots and lots of money in the offseason from the Cincinnati Bengals on a contract extension. Bengals win 27-24. That's the way it's going to be. All right. I like I, I hope that'd be that'd be awesome. Um yeah, that is a, that's a worry for me with Matthew Stafford. He, he throws a couple wild passes. So uh, I just hope it's close. I hope it's a good game. Um, I'm really looking forward to it because I think both teams have some fans that, um, you know, especially the Bengals that deserve deserve to enjoy this this uh, this game. And I, I think both teams are very likable. So I'm, I'm happy with this Super Bowl. Did we have any uh, questions on the Twitter? I, I don't think that we did. No, just just Aaron Mosby. 
All right. So we had no questions in the chat. Final thoughts coming up. Like I said, big boards coming out for both of us Thursday, you, Friday, me. Saturday, I'm going to have something up talking about the Bengals because I just want to. Sunday, you're coming up with a Super Bowl. Uh, we're going to you're going to talk Super Bowl props for Sunday, and I got a mock draft uh, coming out on Monday. One round, one, only one round. Sorry, guys, but uh, thanks everybody for watching and listening. Uh, if you listen to us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast, leave us a five star review. Uh, thumbs up the whatever it is there. Give us a high rating, all that, so other people can see us on YouTube, like the videos, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell so you can be notified when we go live on Wednesdays and uh, maybe even more often, you know, once the draft starts getting closer during the combine and all that. So uh, you'll want that notification bell on so you'll know when we go live. Follow Shane on Twitter, at Shane P. Howell. Follow me on Twitter, at Deep Fried Draft. Follow Draft Countdown on Twitter, at Draft Countdown, and find everything, including Shane's seven-round mock draft we talked about, the full list of combat invitees, and others at draftcountdown.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. Until next time.